Today, we are continuing our journey through the 90s with the truth about the 90s. More details about that crazy era, that crazy popular era. Oh my gosh, Uh, you guys sounded off. You loved it. We continue to share your comments all throughout the show today. And we look at a very specific list, a very funny list that reveals so much of what happened in the 90s and the contrast between how we kicked off the decade and how we ended it. We look at all of that and so much more on an all new episode of Observations. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. I have been making comics. Uh, you might've heard of them, Deadpool, uh, X-Force, Cable, started image comics you might have heard of that comics label with with titles like like young blood and and which which launched image comics in 1992 you've got walking dead now a, a, a massive phenomenon i think there's 40 spin-off shows and and a thousand episodes i swear to you the walking dead is like a zombie it can't be killed um but anyway my buddy d- does walking dead his name is robert kirkman but image comics the comics that, that is the, the, the distribution label where you find uh, all things Walking Dead comic books uh, is it, from Image Comics, something I, I, I don't mention enough how proud I am to have been uh, uh, p- part of the collective that, that created that company and to have launched its very first comic book. And we're going to be talking more about Youngblood in the weeks to come. So, so I make comics. We talk comics. Pop culture superheroes, how they just dominate and are such such a part of the fabric of of everything we do. Every platform, every platform has superheroes. Your 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 video console, your mobile game, your streaming platform, obviously your movie theaters, your cartoons, and and we we slice and dice uh, the memory, the past, present, and future of superheroes and comic books and Marvel and DC and Image. Each and every episode on Rob's Observation. So welcome. We are getting right back into a topic where we left off last time, which is the 90s. The 90s has has a lot of mileage. We had a lot of mileage in the 90s. We are going to continue with the truth about the 90s with a couple of really interesting uh, observations that I'm going to share with you as as I continue to, I, I, try and escape, I try and escape the 90s, but they keep pulling me back in. I'm like, I'm like Pacino, okay, uh, in, 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 in The Godfather 3, you know, I, they keep pulling me back in. I, I'm trying to get out. So uh, I like books. I love books. I love to read books. I love to flip through books, art books, biographies, comic books, you know, fiction. Been a, been a bookstore hound since I was a kid. I can get lost in a bookstore. Looking at authors, at, at, at different novels, at, at different you know sections. Uh, yes, yes, I've even been prone to to throw open a few of the cookbooks. Okay, and 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 my wife was pointing out to me at, at the at the bookstore on Saturday like there's cookbooks that are specific to different movies now and and in different worlds and different themes and it's it's it, it's so crazy. But uh, love books, love bookstores. My wife and I were driving to our favorite, and you're gonna go, well, if it's your favorite, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know this? Hey, it's been a busy spring and summer, but there is a tremendous Barnes and Noble because really all that's left is, as far as mainstream booksellers is is the Barnes and Noble chain out here in Southern California. Uh, we 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 go over and and pick through some of the great used books uh and, and used booksellers and especially we're so happy that many of them made them through the other side of the pandemic and there's one in orange and there's you know one in fullerton and there's a couple in tustin but on sundays they're generally all closed they're generally all closed on sundays and so we decided let's go back to barnes and Noble. we haven't been there in a, long, in a while and they've got some 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 good uh food options for us to, to 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 get a to get a light like dinner on a Sunday so I'm, we pull in there it is big giant two story Barnes and Noble behemoth and it's closed and I, my heart sinks I mean this thing I've been waiting for the other shoe to drop 
I mean, you know, some of these big Barnes and Nobles, they've got the, the escalators, right? That you, you go up to the, the top section and so many of the Barnes and Nobles that I, I frequent here in Southern California transformed a section of their store into a toy store, you know, because so many of the dedicated toy stores like Toys R Us, Toy City, all these other uh, toy outlets have closed over the years. So Barnes and Nobles did, you know, the, 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 the next, the next natural move. Let, let, let's just incorporate toys, action figures, you know, you know, Barbies, all that stuff. So it's got the tape in front of it, which is weird. Cause I'm like, why is there tape in front of this? And, uh, look, went to Google, uh, fire started at a reading. An author was there on May 1st and the, uh, the the Barnes and Noble has not reopened yet, but they have every intention of reopening. It says, but they are in the process of going through all of the uh, procedures to restore the store since it had a had severe fire damage. That's when you're you're like, well, life. I thought you loved it so much. Hey, I, I've, I've had a really busy spring and summer. So then, with that news, we go. Well, let's just go. Let's just go to Tustin. We're in Santa Ana actually to, to, at this. It, it borders on orange, but this, this Barnes and Noble that is now uh, what we call the mothership is is uh, you know doesn't even say when it's reopening, and and I, I I'm doubtful that it will. We check and see if the one in Fullerton is still open. It's one of the smaller of the Barnes and Noble outlets. It is open, but we are much closer to Tustin. We go to Tustin, we pull in, and holy crap, uh, all of those. Uh, Everything on that, uh, on this uh, opposite the, the movie theater uh, in Tustin, is 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 empty. It's gone, and they've kind of boarded it all up. And they're clearly going to transform it. It's got like drawings of something new is coming. Now, here's the weird part: we eat across the street from this place uh, once a week, but we didn't. But like literally, when I say across the street, it's like it's like where we sit, and then to cross the street which is like five lanes on each side. This is a busy thoroughfare in, in Tustin. To get to that other Barnes and, Barnes and Noble is like, like four city blocks. It's, 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 it's a hike. It's, it's not one of my favorite Barnes and Nobles. It's another one on the small side, but it's gone. And so then we Google like, you know, Barnes and Noble's Tustin. And then it informs us that it, it is moved down the street. It is, it is, opening in the fall in a new location in yet another kind of uh, retail entertainment center. So, okay. All right. Well, that doesn't solve anything on a Sunday night so that they're not closed because man, I'm like, wow, is Barnes and Noble are, are all the shoes dropping right now? Well, we know that we had, were just in the Barnes and Noble one week prior at a big giant place called retail Mecca called Irvine Spectrum. So we hightail it over Irvine Spectrum. And there it is. There's Barnes and Nobles and, uh, and Noble. Sorry. So I'm just happy to be back in a giant bookstore. Joy's got some books she wants to see if they've got. Uh, she Literally, sometimes she reads a book in, in two days. She, she is uh, what, what the, the definition of voracious reader. And I'm going to look, look at books, look for manga, look for graphic novels, and just, again, just kind of get lost. I, I just like being in bookstores. And then I go to the magazine rack and here's the end of the story because I saw a magazine I'd never seen before called the ultimate guide to comic books, the ultimate guide to comic books. And it's got Superman, Flash, Captain America, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Wolverine, Batman, all your Marvel, DC superheroes are on it. It says everything you need to know from the golden age to today and uh, seminal stories, event series, classic characters. Okay. So I cracked this open. It has eras. The, 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 the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, ding, ding, ding. We're all in our eras phase now, thanks to Taylor Swift. Um, be, because every, everything is an era now. And even we do series here on observations called The Decades. Uh, so I'm flipping through this and I get to the 90s section and it is a really, really positive write-up of the 90s. Completely opposite the thing that set me off and had me doing this 90s episode in the first place. Now, we're not going to go into this. Uh, I am going to parse uh, s- some, some quotes and some articles, some paragraphs 
And we're going to revisit this uh, comic book magazine because I, I think, you know, when something's well done, say it's well done. And, t- and, and now here's the, here's the deal. <laughs> there was a little bit of sticker shock. Uh, this magazine is $14. It, it's really thick. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's really well-made, high stock. But uh, I really thought the 80s and 90s articles have stuff that's really good. And, and I was really impressed. And, and again, I'll, get, I'll go into the deep dive with authors and, and other, you know, uh, some of the other con- uh, contributors in, in a future show. But it just set the stage that my mindset was all the way back into the 90s, especially with this great write-up of the 90s. But in the last episode, when I was sharing so many of your different expressions of, of, uh, of, of why you loved the 90s, I, uh, you know, kind of felt like, felt like I went pretty, pretty, pretty fast, pretty quickly. And, and I want to be able to slow it down and, and tell you again, uh, very briefly why I loved, why I absolutely love the nineties. And it, it really has to do with creative freedom. It begins and it ends with the anything goes aspect of creative freedom, which is why we got so much, which is why we got so much, uh, you know, uh, of the cool stuff that we got. I would love to sneak in a few more of uh, of some of your generous, uh, g- generous praises that that you that you get that that you gave. Uh, sloppy dog, uh, your handles are amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm sloppy dog, <laughs> also known as Red Borza. I mean Rod Rod Borza, but but the the the, the um, bold typeface. And to go, to go with his avatar, Sloppy Dog, he says, the best time in comics with the advent of Image, the big two had to step up their game. I wasn't a fan of Image Comics, uh, but Batman history really went up in quality in many ways. Uh, you know, Dakota, Dakota Twitter said, the comics of the 90s are great because of the attitude. So many people don't understand that. They're the same people that dismissed punk rock because they didn't understand that either. Uh, again, I'm just trying to get to some, some of the ones that, that you you uh, you uh, some of the tweets that I may have missed, and just to be as inclusive as possible because you always feel bad because you guys you guys tweeted out some really fun stuff. Norrin Rad uh, the third wrote. Uh, I brought the foil cover of Brigade 2 over to my friend's house and showed him Seahawk impaling combat with his silver helmet. We thought it was the sickest. Uh, we thought it was the coolest back then, and it still is. So thank you, Norman Rad, again, speaking about the 90s. All-American comics. Uh, All-American comics. said such a fun time in comics. I had all those books. And uh, we just keep going down. And <laughs> you, you, you guys really did come with with so much so much love and uh you know i just think brian thomer uh, pa comic examiner uh i've discussed much with this man over the years R- really dig him lo- love when he weighs in he says uh folks absolutely need to celebrate 90s comics more and uh kiru 711 said love my 90s books i have the full doomsday series leading to the ones that you posted, uh, along with the original Aliens versus Predator from Dark Horse Comics, and of course the first appearance of Deadpool. Thank you. Uh, you're you're far too kind. Uh, I'm going to try and get in. Uh, Rob Messick. Rob Messick wrote, "The '90s was a special decade, for sure. My favorite comic books, especially Image and Extreme." Uh, let's see. Just the the love was flowing. It, again, you just do not know. You never know what you're going to say when things are going to go sideways. And generally, they go sideways fast. Uh, they they go sideways so fast on 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 Twitter if they're going to go sideways. And and uh, you guys really just blew it up with with so much so much of uh, y- your positivity. Neo says one of my favorite '90s moments was the Marvel versus DC. Uh, crossover. I have the full trade and love it. Thor versus Hulk, Wolverine versus Lobo. I know that was just that was fantastic. So 
again, we all dig the 90s and we are sharing our love. And I just tell you that the creative freedom, the opportunities, and then the advances, and I've done an entire, entire, uh, you know, podcast a couple years back about how I uh, used the money that I had gotten from my Marvel royalties to invest in creating a computer coloring, uh, computer coloring department because there was only a few possibilities. One being Steve Olaf, who was doing it better than anybody else at the time with Oli Optics, but it was a small crew and he couldn't uh, meet possible po- every possible demand that people put on him. And that line was getting long. And so uh, with, with, with uh, a student from Carnegie Mellon, who was my wife's uh, cousin, uh, we, we went about, uh, I financed the purchase of all the computers and started hiring other people on his, based on his recommendation. But, but many people, we started from uh, the ground up creating a coloring department that would eventually field that would eventually field three different shifts. It was open 24 hours a day. And again, that, that overnight shift, we were obviously very generous, like time and a half. Some guys only wanted to work that shift. They, they came in at, at 10 o'clock and went home at, at, at 6 a.m. and would co- complete their page or pages. And those are the kind of advances that I'm speaking of. Shortly thereafter, Jim started his Wildstorm color, but we were off to the races and we were you know, we were just absolutely committed to changing and transforming, changing and transforming the coloring because we had gotten a taste of what we could do and we wanted to keep it going. But it, it takes, you know, just like when you go on Shark Tank and they're like, the, the more money you have to accelerate, the better. We also did it with inking. And by, you know, I had to become my own inker because there wasn't an inker that could really uh, address the visual desires that I had for my work. Um, There was only one Scott Williams. He was working exclusively at that point, fairly exclusively with Jim Lee. And so Todd McFarlane inked himself. Eric Larson inked himself. I turned to inking myself. I knew exactly what I wanted in in inkers and uh, started finding them one by one. Uh, Norm Ratman had never inked a comic book in his life. He's gone on to win win ink pot awards he's won won all all manner of inking and embellishing like honor um like honors awards norm inked his first work for us he wanted to be a penciler i said let's start you in inking i I see some real brilliance in your technique and i think we can enhance that and we were off to the races and over time between uh, norm ratman and danny mickey and then bringing in the the, the amazing art to bear uh to, to to ink in front of some of these guys but we got uh, John Sabal, we got Larry Stucker, we got uh, Jaime Mendoza. Uh, I mean, it, it, my my head is spinning. We had so many Marlo Alquiza names that you saw on books like Profit and Youngblood and Brigade and Bloodstrike, and later what you would see on every book in the comic universe. Because once Extreme shuttered uh, after its glorious run, these guys were inking books for Marvel and DC and Superman and X Men and and every every you know. Every possible breakout iconic character, um, this crew has enhanced. And those, each of those gentlemen began their inking careers with the exception of Art to Bear. Uh, inking full, you know, getting full ink credits at Extreme Studios. And those lines and those, those, that look of, of, of that certain style of rendering and very, uh, very, I want to say, uh, very energetic lines, very energetic lines, very bouncy line work was was started at Extreme Studios. So color inks, and uh, which is probably why we ended up on these goofy lists. And there is a destination you got to take it with me. There is definitely a place where I'm going to land this plane, but I'm going to start at a at, at a very humorous place because as I was going through, as I have been transforming my storage units and and my own garage. Uh, Your old man here is building shelves like a madman. I can get one of those industrial shelves, five five shelves, the steel you just, with your your rubber mallet, I I can do one of those in about 12 minutes. Oh, I'm getting good. I'm getting so good. 
and 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 my wife's even like, "Why are you doing all this?" I'm like, "It's it's for for she she's basically like, why, why aren't you getting somebody else to do this? That's what you always do. Is is it's what is uh what, what what is baked into that statement? Why are you physically doing?" And I'm like, "It's it's it's uh it's therapy. It's therapy." But I came across a couple of magazines from the '90s that have some funny stuff. But let's get right into it so I can shine some lights. This 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 has to do with power and with influence and with why you should crave neither. You should crave neither power nor influence. And I'm going to tell you where your sight should be set. But there was a book called The Comic Book Collector, and it was very entertaining, magazine size. And it launched right around the time that Wizard was launching. And uh, the, the, these, these issues I'm holding in my hands have really fun covers, artwork. Uh, this this issue before the one I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you comic book collector uh, Dark Horse does it again talks about Dark Horse's upcoming superhero universe to read or not to read shocking answers from the pros hot contests the TV cartoon lineups for the new 1994 season so this is 1994 and uh, that's comic book collector number 21 comic book collector number 20 has on it um the scariest array of pictures because it's all of us comic book guys the comic book collector the most complete monthly comic book price guide but pretty good articles pretty good writing the 20 most powerful people in the comic industry 1994 so go here with me because i'm going to tell you what i what i got out of this now i won't tell you who's on the cover but i'm going to tell you of I don't want to give too much too much away because again there is a place that I am going very distinctly with this and I think there's there there's that there were definitely lessons to be learned in the comics industry in the, in the 1990s outside of the creative freedom outside of the breakthroughs the advances in inking and coloring which I 100% uh take ownership you're hearing the pages as they flip as I am looking to uh, if if you think that I'm like so good that I'm open to where I need to go when I hit like record i mean what kind of podcast do you think this is you think this is some kind of professional podcast because i assure you it is not okay the top 20 most powerful people in the comic industry 1994 now there was one in 1993 i'm going to tell you right there i'm going to tell you right then that was a shot heard around the world uh they had uh rob liefeld at at number three okay and uh in 1993 which i i chuckled at i i don't this isn't a power list magazine per se, and that, that 1993 one was their first. But uh, the power lists, whether they're on the internet or whether they're in magazines, are made to entice you. Where did they rank your favorite, or where did they rank someone you can't stand? Whatever, or or you know, because you know immediately you're going to look and go, "Well, I don't agree with any of this," or you're going to, "I kind of agree with some of this." The placement isn't the point of this sharing it's it's part of the entertainment that 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 that, because sometimes you may be putting a quote-unquote powerful person on the list as they're getting way more powerful or or becoming much less powerful in in any industry music movies comic books television whatever politics so i even around the same time entertainment weekly had the top 20 you know uh top 20 20 year olds and and i was on that list too so these were being introduced to me and i'm like this is uncomfortable because you know once you're put on a list you're either you're you're more likely gonna fall okay so so sometimes just best not to be on those lists period but lists were a big deal and and this probably got an uptick putting it on the cover making it part of the um conversation Steve Jeppy and Bill Shanus are number one on their power list. We're just going to start at one. No, no, no drama. We're not going backwards. We're going forwards. Bill Shanus uh, and 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 Steve Jeppy owns and founded Diamond Comics Distribution, which is where you got most of your Image Comics during Image Marvel during the '90s. Now there was Capital Distribution, and there was Diamond. Diamond was the bigger one. Capital was a a rival like Coke and Pepsi, except that 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 
in this instance, you know, Pepsi went away. Coke ruled the day, won the prize at the end, because here's what happened, just so you know what's going on in the 90s. Your store, and, and if you have a store that's been around for 40 years, they can absolutely verify what I'm going to tell you here. We had a lot of stores popping up in Southern California, Los Angeles, Orange County, San Diego. Uh, you, would, you would read about these stores turning into chains all over the country during this time. Well, you were going with capital distribution or diamond distribution. You'd open your account. You'd get your comics. You'd negotiate your uh, terms as well as your percentages of what you're paying per book, shipping. Everybody had somebody they preferred. Uh, both catalogs. Now, we, we just know it as the diamond preview catalog, but Capital had one too. Youngblood was on the cover of it. X-Force was on the cover of it. So I, I was familiar with them because I bought those catalogs. I still have those. Uh, that th- They are, quote unquote, cataloged away with so much of my other stuff. But there is C- Capital's catalog and Diamond's catalog. And you're, you, you could flip through both. And, and those catalogs started to have different incentives, different, different comic books, uh, trading cards, posters you know, sewn into the catalog to make sure that you are buying the catalogs because the catalogs had become, you know, retail items. But what happened is a lot of retailers in the uncertainty of the 90s with all these different companies coming out of the blue with with some, you know, questionable financing, questionable names behind them in terms of who is this talent, who is this art? Uh, boy, summer, summer 1993, 1994, following the boom of 92, I, I've, I've talked of how I walked the San Diego Comic-Con floor and these giant double booth, you know, three booth, huge displays uh, of, of, of comic book companies that had literally just come together to become a comic book company to capitalize on what was seen as the quote unquote money in comics with a couple of maybe like lesser known authors and talents that had been knocking around Marvel and DC, but now they've got some, those names because maybe they drew an issue of Daredevil and maybe they did an issue of Ghost Rider, and, and now we've got them, and they're going to launch our new superhero universe that you need to invest in. People didn't know, you know, up from down at this point in the 90s, so it was really, it was, it was getting crazier, and a lot of these stores uh, were taking maybe more generous positions uh, than, than, they, than they should have. Uh, case in point, Return of Superman. The guys who sold you Death of Superman and 14 months later, 16 months, whatever it was, were tasked. And when I mean sales, I mean the sales department. Do you really think they're going to go to you, um, Bob's Comics, whatever your name is, and, and, and say, hey, Return of Superman's coming. It's not going to sell as well as Death of Superman, okay? It's not going to sell. But boy, you know, boy, you should get it. No, they, they said this could sell better than Death of Superman. You, you don't want to be caught short. They upselled. They Upsold, upsold, upsold. The sales department, that's their job, to move units. And retailers went, huh, that death was really big. Those books were going for, for $100 that weekend, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm going to trust my buddies, my, my, my retail uh, sales management managers from DC Comics. I'm going to trust that, that they're good for their work that I'm going to be able to move all these returns. Well, we've all found out that that didn't happen. And in fact, Return of Superman sat on so many shelves. I remember going in and almost like sick to my stomach for, for a couple of the retailers who I kid you not had three rows of like 80 comics each on the Saturday after this book came out. Like it, the peak time for this book to be picked up. Killing things excites people. It can get people going. DC in retrospect, I read an article about the death of Superman, the return of Superman, and the, and 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 they said it wasn't our fault. De- death of Superman got the coverage it did. It, it was the media. They took it and it went out of hand. But they went to stores and they told people, "Return of Superman is going to be a big deal. You don't want to miss out. You, you got you got to make sure you have enough copies. Remember, remember." My store told me that the DC guy would just say, "Remember what happened with Death of Superman. Remember." So upsell, upsell, upsell. Once you have put those orders in, once those are on your shelves, you own them. Now we can. We're going to discuss in a future episode called Direct to Consumer because I've had some really good conversations about this and been, been, been given some great awareness. And I want to share it with you how that would not have happened today in the same way. There are so many obvious different outlets where a retailer just didn't have to be stuck given whatever foot traffic that uh, 
that, that was afforded to him in, 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 the, in the strip mall at that time. But if you run up your bill and you, you know, couldn't pay because suddenly you're looking at a mountain of comic book bills and a mountain of comic books that didn't sell that you bought, you may call up Diamond or call up Capital, whichever, and say, I got to switch. While my credit is still good before, before that 90-day period, before they hit me with collections, and you switched from Capital to Diamond or you switched from Diamond to Capital. And what happened is Capital got hit with the worst of this. They had so much debt with so many, and it came out, so many retailers who were, who were nine months past and, and, and had to, keep, to stay open, had switched to Diamond accounts, but couldn't pay their Capital bill. And so many of these retailers, the, 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 the bell was tolling and Capital was carrying debt that eventually crushed them. Diamond emerged as the winner. They emerged as the one, and then the capital guys are on this list. But Diamond became, when capital went out of business, about a year from this list, maybe nine months from this list, uh, Diamond got even stronger. So the man who owns Diamond and the man who ran it, the uh, vice president of purchasing, and Bill Shane is a really nice guy, tough cookie, but... uh, Enjoyed seeing him out and about uh, in his retirement, and he has been retired for a good long time. Diamond is not the same uh, behemoth that it once was, having been uh, having now competed with uh, outlets like Penguin, which represents Marvel, and Lunar, which is soon to add Image Comics to their portfolio of distribution. They already have uh, DC Comics, so so Diamond is not in the same place that he used to be. But Bill Shane is retired. Steve Jeppy, our number one guy here, is still here. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Number two is Terry Stewart, the president and COO of Marvel Comics. He's the guy that we met with when Todd wanted to tell him face-to-face we're leaving, even though it's like they had had that catalog and, and New Youngwood was coming out three months. As we sat there, Liefeld had gone rogue. <laughs> Liefeld had gone rogue, but Todd wanted the formal departure. Terry Stewart is no longer there. Neither is Avi Arad who was head of Toys and Licensing at the time, who's mentioned here. And obviously, neither is the lovely Tom DeFalco, who still writes comics, but is no longer the EIC. Terry Terry Stewart is basically the face of Marvel for this article. Uh, And and they mention other sales VPs uh, in the course of this article. But Terry Stewart, number two, most powerful people in person in 1994, gone. Tom DeFalco, you know, not... Hasn't been EIC in, in 25 years. Avi Arad was relieved of his, of his Marvel his, his Marvel positions in early 2000. Number three is the president of Capital Distribution. It's Milton Gripe and John Davis, and they're gone. Capital's gone. Capital went out of business, okay? So, so we got we, our, our two and three guys, they're gone. At, at, at DC Comics, it's Paul Levitz. They are, they are sharing with us that Paul Levitz, the guys... The guy who honestly let Image Comics walk out the door, let Rob and Todd, and yes, I'm folding that magazine. You're hearing that those crinkles and those pops. Paul Levitz, and it credits him with uh, you know presiding over the death of Superman. Uh, he's gone. He's retired. He's no longer there. Neither is Bob Wayne. Neither is Karen Berger, Bruce Bristow, everyone else they mentioned in this article. They're gone. 1994. Number five, the Image Comics crew. It's Todd McFarlane, it's Rob Liefeld, it's Jim Lee, it's Eric Larson, and they even mentioned publisher Tony Libido holding it all together, and Larry Martyr bringing his industry savage as executive director. Okay, so uh, here's where it gets interesting. Rob Liefeld, Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson, and Jim Lee are still in the comic book business. Now we're going to, part of circling back to this is how we end, how we land this plane. Mike Richardson is number six, Dark Horse, publisher of Dark Horse Comics. He is still around. Frank Miller is number seven. Uh, he is still around. Scott Rosenberg, president and CEO of Malibu Comics, is no longer in the comic book industry. He does not hold a position in the comic book industry. So he, along with Paul Levitz, a- along with Terry Stewart and Tom DeFalco, they're gone. But it gets, it gets better. Number nine is a gentleman named Gary Calabueno. Calabueno. He, he owned Moondogs and he ran this Chicago Comic Con before he sold it to Wizard. He is out of the business, gone. Okay, 
writer Neil Gaiman is number 10. We all know Neil is still around. Number 11, Steve Mazarski, and not just still around, still dazzling us. Steve Mazarski, uh, publisher and CEO of Valiant Comics. Steve is no longer with us. He is, uh, he passed away uh, two decades earlier. He, he, he was uh, not with us long, so, so he is no longer with us. He is gone, and Valiant is in a state of flux. Dave Sim, the uh, publisher and owner of, of, of Cerebus, he is number 12 on this list. Garib Seamus is number 13, gone, out of comics. Jim Shooter is number 14 on this list, gone, out of comics. Uh, Matt Gronig, our Simpsons guy, I, I think he doesn't care whether he's in comics anymore because he is maybe the most successful person ever to be on a top 20 comic book list. And is like, I, I need my own list. Uh, the, the publisher of Hero Illustrated, Steve Harris, gone. Uh, Dennis Kitchen, you know, out. Bill Lebowitz, God bless him. Uh, Golden Apple was a powerhouse. Bill also passed away, gone. Uh, Don and Maggie Simpson, who published the Comic Book Buyer's Guide. The Comic Book Buyer's Guide has been out of business for decades, and they are, uh, Maggie is retired. I believe Don has passed away. And then the number 20th most powerful and influential figure in comic books is the San Diego Comic Con, which, as we, you know, as you know, and I've told you time and again, it is a behemoth. It is, it is the summer blockbuster show. But if I do the math, about two thirds of that list is no longer in comic books, they're gone. The image guys that are mentioned there, Neil Gaiman, Frank Miller, uh, we, we are still making comic books. And uh, while, while we had titles in Image Comics, no one was an executive per se. But the, the, the thing is, and I've said this before, how I have worked with now, this is how I kind of keep track. Seven editors-in-chiefs at, at Marvel Comics and, and even a fellow professional of mine took... took <laughs> took to social media a couple of years back and said Rob was not working with Jim Shooter in 1987 except I was and my name is in 1987 Jim Shooter uh, as EIC comic books in 1987 and so you count to currently C.B. Sobolski and, and, and I have worked with uh, seven Marvel editors-in-chiefs and it is, it is, a, it is a passage of time and and again, but when you get that DC list, Paul Levitz, Karen Berger, Bob Wayne, they're all gone. They're out of comics. The Marvel Comics people, every single person that they mentioned is out of comics. Valiant Comics is, is, is a shell and Steve has passed. Mike Richardson is around. Dark Horse is still around. Uh, obviously, the talent, Frank Miller, Neil Gaiman, were still around. Steve Jeppe is, is still around, the number one on the list. I'm curious is where he would be placed on a modern list. But today's list, and I'm sure the list from 10 years ago and 20 years ago, have names probably 50%, greater than 50% of these people are retired or they're out of the business and, and, and uh, they're not making comics whatsoever. They're gone. And so, you know, how powerful really were you if you couldn't really sustain and, and your businesses, you know, vanished, disappeared? You know, when I went on my hiatus in 2000. I, I, I went out, I wanted to go out on top. Literally, this is like in my 30s, I'm like, I'm going to go out at the top of the charts and Wolverine was the number two best-selling book. Uh, when I did it, sales actually ticked up. Yes, that matters to me. I, was, I, I wanted to, if I never came back, say, you know, this is, this is where I, I exited. And Joy and I had uh, started our family and, and, and we, you know, over the course of 2000 to 2004, Luke Chase and Olivia Liefeld came into the world and we just had a blast. I paid attention uh, at the time going online on my, on my computer and, and reading all the different outlets and the news sites and, and watched the different quote-unquote power players uh, do their thing, make their proclamations, put the talent that they wanted in certain positions. And I watched... Former partners of mine, you know, become executives, follow my lead and leave one year later. 
and become executives. And that's where we pivot towards the landing of the plane. So we start the 90s in a certain way. And the 90s are exciting. And there's tons of great, fun, incredible product being put out. Yes, I'm calling the comic books product. Uh, the art is fantastic. We, 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 we're giving birth to all manner of new uh, talent. Again, the Marat Michaels, the Dan Fragas, the J. Scott Campbells, the Brett Booths, the, uh, the David Finches, they, they were given their launches in our studio systems. And obviously, there's, there's so many great and talented inkers and embellishers. Uh, uh, Alex Garner, uh, who's, who's become a phenomenal just uh, illustrator in his own right. Uh, Sal Regula. Uh, you got, you got uh, uh, there's a fantastic inker named Detron. Uh, so much incredible talent. The, the late, great Mike Turner. So much talent. And if I didn't mention your name, I, I apologize. Uh, you, you, I, I know who you are. Basically, the, the freshman, sophomore, junior classes of Extreme, Top Cow, Wildstorm are, are still doing phenomenal things in the space in comic books. And so are the people who, who gave you that shot. We still love comics. We're still in comics, although we are wearing slightly different hats. When the 90s started, uh, Todd McFarlane was writing and drawing comic books that were exciting, that were daring, that were very unique and very original to his style, his particular stylings. Uh, the same can be said of Jim Lee and myself. As the 90s went out the doors, we waved goodbye. Jim Lee was an executive, and he has been an executive for 25 years. 25 years he has uh, gone from whatever title to publisher co-publisher to now publisher of DC Comics. And the last time I looked, uh, Jim, I know he's done two short stories since getting off the Suicide Squad where he was doing 10-page lead stories in 2016 that corresponded with the Suicide Squad movie that came out. That's how long ago, holy crap, first Suicide Squad movie, right? Uh, Jim has not drawn a comic book series uh, in full, in in longer than 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 eight years, in, uh, yes, in, in in longer than eight years. Todd McFarlane has not, and and I was going back and forth with the image guys. He has not drawn an interior of a comic uh, since the image anniver- the ten year anniversary special that they put out. I don't know if that was fifteen pages, twenty pages. I don't know if it was ten pages. I think it was mostly long vertical panels. It was a very deliberate stylistic approach to telling the story. But as far as penciling and inking a comic book, a comic book, a comic book, he has not penciled and inked, not over someone's layouts and not as an inker. And inker, inking is tremendously fun. It's a different skill set. I love when I get a chance to ink somebody who's already laid down the angle, the layout, the design, the pose, the musculature. It's different. It's a different skill set. You're, you're applying this this polish, and and Todd's polish as an anchor is is fantastic. But as far as why we love Todd McFarlane and why we love Jim Lee and why I've had success and Mark Silvestri and all of the greats from the '90s, it's because we originated the page, you know, in our mind's eye, the layout, the design. But so so we were all doing this when it ended. Todd is now uh, obviously still in the comic books industry because he is publishing four or five spawns each and every month. And recently at San Diego, I believe they're they're adding three more titles. I think some of them are mini series. It's not all dedicated series. I think I got that right. Uh, but the spawn, you know, publishing still remains in full. He is in control of that, and of course, his toy empire continues to produce. Uh, multiple uh, lines of action figures that are released almost seems like on a weekly basis. Myself, after I getting back to the 2000s and coming back into the industry, I, uh, for the last 15, 16 years, I do not have an assistant. I just do this all myself. It is more, I am more into the organic creation of comics than I was at any time in the last 30 years. Uh, Marat Michaels, who started off as my assistant, transferring my layouts onto the board so that I could finish penciling and inking them. Those kind of days 
Those are over. Uh, you know, I scan it, I pencil it, I ink it. I then scan it. I scan my small drawing, blow it up, print it out, pencil it, ink it, scan it, upload it, send it to my colorist. If I, if you worked with me and produced a book with me in the last 15 years, you were talking just to me. I am, I just kind of do everything. I do it myself. Uh, it's just the simplest way to do it. Instead of holding anyone else accountable, I'm accountable. If you did a page in one of those brigade uh, or profit remaster editions, I gave you the assignment. I talked you through it. Uh, you know, I, I either hooked you up with an anchor, the colorist, whatever. That, that it's 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 that. Um, that's just part of my process now. Is I do most of it, the majority of it, and half for 15 years, just all myself. But we did not exit again the, the decade in the same way. And I've always spoken of how the 90s, everyone was so burned out and so tired and burned out, not, you know, from it burned out from the very best place. We ran so hard, so fast, did so much work, uh, did, did all push the envelope, pushed the absolute envelope. And it was just a blast. But we didn't, along the way, many of us took different positions. And yes, the Todd McFarlane art fan in me is uh, bummed that we don't get more stories, interiors. Uh, do I think Todd would have made an, in, an impact doing covers? Yes, he's, he's a very, he has a great eye for single images. But we'll put him over the top and into your hearts and minds. And it was in the 90s, was the work that he did on Spider-Man and Spawn. And these aren't judgments. Sorry, knocked into my computer. These aren't judgments. These are just observations. And it was kind of like a wow, wow, wow. In, 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 the, in, the, in the course of a decade, uh, the seven image founders became four. Later, rebuilding again, adding Robert Kirkman, adding Eric Stevenson. But Jim Lee came out an executive. Todd came out a toy guy. And I guess I'm left holding the comic book bag. <laughs> because trust me, what I learned and why I do things myself is uh, at Extreme Studios, I would not give myself uh, a, a, a top grade. Uh, running people and managing 60 people under uh, as a business, running people, that, that's an incomplete statement. Um, running a business with 60 people, all creatives, all artists, really was one of the most stressful things that I have ever done. Uh, I, I'm really pleased with the results. And I know that I tried to please everybody, but you wear that, you wear that, you take it home. And, and there was times uh, in like 1995 that Joy would be like, you know, I'd be restless as we were going to bed. And she's like, I just, can you just not let the stuff from today go? And I'm like, ah, but we hired this one guy and he moved his family out and, and uh, he, he, he was looking for more pages. And so before I left tonight, I went to the flat files and just grabbed as many unpencil, as many uninked penciled pages that I could find, maybe pinups and stuff, and gave it to him because I'm like, this guy needs the work. And and there is one thing about Extreme Studios at its peak, and I can say this with all absolute. I can that this this gentleman is the the absolute example. Tim Townsend left Extreme Studios to go on to greatness at uh, in the X Men office, inking Joe Mad and so many others, Chris Pacello. Because we didn't have work for him at Extreme. He was like the seventh or the eighth anchor in line for everybody. And he thought he could do better than the guys that he was being told or he was being offered to pencil. Because let me tell you something. The Dan Fragas and the Marats, and yes, I'm smiling, and the Todd Knox and all the other pencilers, they wanted, you know, Art Tiber, Danny Mickey, they wanted John Sabal, they wanted well, there's only so much those three guys can do. And so then Trust me, we were not hurting for um, amazing options, whether, whether it was Marlowe or, or Jaime Mendoza or it was uh, Larry Stucker. And, and I know I'm blanking, obviously, Norm, Norm, who went on to pretty much eclipse everybody as, a, as an anchor and an embellisher and in terms of his accomplishments, his, his assignments. Uh, y you already had seven other anchors. We had seven anchors and 20 pencilers. And Tim felt that he could do better. And we understood that he left. And he was going to, going to go on to do great things, and he did. But that's how jam-packed the uh, the assignments were at the studio. And you know what? I just didn't. I didn't love it. I learned. 
I learned that that's not what I'm good at. So in case you've ever wondered if I crave the executive life, I do not. I I want to just make, because at one point I sat down and I said, what, what brought me happiness more importantly than success in comic books? And it was making comic books. It was making my own comic books. And so that's why I rededicated myself to. And that's why I do what I do because I don't think I was truly gifted and talented. uh, And especially you kind of realize (laughs) I was also 25 years old. Did I mention that the boss was a young man? And it's weird when older dudes, they, they they can be 29, 32, 35, 40, are looking at you like, other than taking your paycheck, why am I listening to you? Um, you 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 register all of those looks, you know. So d- don't think that I'm a great manager uh, of 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 a company in my 20s, and and I think it scarred me to the point where I'm just fine, just doing it all myself, scanning it myself, uploading it myself, you know, booking my own flights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And yes, I'm smiling as I say this. Um, it, maybe I'm a little bit more eccentric than I believe myself to be in the first place. So the 90s, we did not come out of it the way that we all went into it. Some of us did, but some of your biggest uh, talents did not. They shifted, they they transitioned to another position. And when you've been an executive for 25 years, you must like it. And when you've been the toy guy, you must like it. So I don't at any level believe these guys are in long-suffering titles. They, they, They enjoy the hats that they have chosen to wear. They are just not the hats that they wore walking into the 90s, riding that incredible, crazy wave. And I said I would get back to influence and power. Do not chase influence and power in any industry. Get your work done and and concentrate on the work. Get compensated for the work that you concentrated on. And, 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 and you know, with the success and the finances that will come from your success, it will give you more options. You will be able to maybe take time off and reconsider another assignment and maybe not have to go um, from paycheck to paycheck. But the industry is in such a good place in regards to the marketplace. And we'll talk more about that in our eventual direct-to-consumer episode in in regards to you as an artist, just as an artist, maximizing uh, your, your output. But I thought it was funny. Again, uh, encountering this powers list, and we had fallen. We it even mentions again the image guys were hired. We were ranked higher the the year before. So I'm reading a list where it says you know they fallen. We 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 weren't as high. I was three. Oh my gosh, whoop de do the uh, but but all those people are gone. So many of those people are gone, and yet. That there are familiar names on that list who are still contributing and, and putting out comics, and uh, and 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 you know, sharing their crafts and their talents with you today. Some of them have done it now with an executive hat on, and and that is their the path that they have most enjoyed uh, fulfilling. So, just a very interesting look. Uh, do not chase money. Do not chase power. Do not try and be on these lists. Just do your work. Make it good. Uh, get out there and sell it and market it. And I do believe that the success that you're looking for will find you. But the minute that you start chasing influence and power, you're going to slip up. You're going to start compromising and doing things that you uh, would not normally trying to stay in a pecking order. Be okay not being in the pecking order. Do the work, produce the work, uh, make sure that you are a fan and, 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 and proud of the work that you're putting out. And, and under conditions that, that hopefully you can help create and, and terms that you can help set and, uh, and be true to that art. And, and you will be more than fine, again, given all the outlets now that you can promote yourself. So the 90s, still talking about it. <laughs> still, still talking about the 90s. This, this magazine, The Ultimate Guide to Comic Books, again, really reflected the 90s and the 80s. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to go back and check out the 70s. Uh, but it's been a very busy, busy cycle, busy weekend. But I wanted to share that with you guys. The 90s was so crazy. Thank you for, again, all of the positive, uh, you know, energy and vibes that you guys put forth uh, sharing your passion of the 90s. I, I truly did appreciate uh, reading uh, everything you, that, that, you, that you sent in and, and, and your 
responses to the first initial episode have started coming in. And it's and I'm just so excited that you wanted to surf that wave along with me. So the 90s, the power episode. No, uh, the truth about the 90s continues. We will continue to pivot back in and tell you stuff. But it was a transformative age, tons of artistic freedom, uh, so many new worlds, characters, and, and really opportunities arose. And I think that's the greatest contrast to what happened in the 2000s, which we can contrast at, at a different date. The explosion of characters, worlds, talents um, is different than what happened because I really do believe that the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the culling happened in the 2000s as everything kind of, as the floor fell out. And again, the, the distributor war, capital going out of business, people running from capital to open a diamond account and not addressing that debt and capital carrying that debt is what wiped them out. And, and now we have new emergencies of more distribution, more distributors, and, and we have not even mentioned the electronic distribution, which many of you guys, many, many of this audience participate in electronics. It is probably 1% of the way that I interface with comic books, but I am, I am getting digital downloads um, regularly. It's just, again, a really small percentage. Hey, the 90s, it's the gift that keeps on giving, and as long as it's giving, I will present it to you with a big, fat uh, smile on my face, a tie-dye shirt, and Nirvana playing in the background. So as we wrap up yet another ex- excursion excursion to the 90s, say it together now, excursion to the 90s, I, I did want to share a few more of your very generous uh, comments because this really gave a spirit of interactivity to, to the show that we hadn't really experienced prior. And I, I'm so appreciative of you, you, you all uh reached out brandon london brandon london said the early 90s especially were my comics collecting heyday i'm so glad i was around to experience experience that from the books you and your peers were doing at marvel to the books you all introduced us to an image you made me a lifelong fan of your work thank you brandon london Eric writes words tweeted. I grew up in foster care in the nineties with the different families I lived with. I was exposed to a ton of comic books because that was not because that was the cure all for a boy in that system. I would not change a thing. Um, maybe the most touching words so far, Eric, I, I get it. I understand again, it speaks to the comfort that comics were able to give all of us in our childhoods, in our youth. Even now, I, I, I appreciate it so much. Eric writes words. John Plowman, who's also Siberius Zero, writes, I got into comics in the mid-90s as a teenager and loved it. I look back and some of the comics don't stand up nearly a lifetime later, but that honestly was some of the best times I ever had reading and collecting comics. Comic conventions were amazing in the 90s, too. And we're going to wrap up with our good buddy Shelby Robertson. (laughs) Shelby adds, he's at AmericanDiscord.com, by the way. By the way, and Shelby was from Extreme Studios, was one of those guys that we gave our first breaks to. He says, 90s, teenage, inexperienced me, had a blast. Got to work with so many cool people at Extreme, and in hindsight, the paychecks were insane. And there was an energy in the studio that can't ever be matched. I miss those days, Rob. Thankful you gave me a shot. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you for everybody who participated in that simple question. Did you have fun in the 90s? Did you have, what were the, were the 90s good to you? And you all just showed up and have inspired. You know, all it takes is one person who picks on the 90s and I just go, no, we're done with getting picked on the 90s. We're just, we're collectively kind of finished. All I had was smiles and good times and made great friends, worked with great talent and made kick-ass comics. And let's be honest, guys, a lot of people were just straight out, let's say it together, jealous and envious. Of the times we had of the work we reproduced. Wow, it took two full episodes to just get to the heart of the matter. Envy is ugly. And people hate seeing other people succeed. There is a a certain style of people who are just envious and ugly. And they can't stand when other people are happier or living their dreams. I think of one of the guys in the studio whose friend was also trying to break in. And you want to talk about a lack of development. and, And I had been aware of this friend's work. 
And he really wasn't advancing, wasn't advancing. And then, of course, leveled all these accusations on the friend that did advance and have a career and is still working. And like, you took my opportunities. You, 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 that slot was mine. It wasn't. It was whoever could, could rise to the occasion. There were tons of slots. But the negativity that this person focused on the other because they just didn't go to the next level. They didn't punch through. To, to my knowledge, there are still not comics from this person. But what then followed was envy and ugliness towards uh, his buddy who has gone on again and, and who was a, a young buck given his chance at extreme. So, there, you know, like I said, the 90s, when people pick on them, I take it personally because of the great times that I had and, uh, and shared with so many of you and you showed up in droves. Thank you so very much. You guys know, as, as always, uh, we, we, uh, share so many of the great reviews that you guys leave for our show. It it helps us so, so much. We are so in, in indebted to your, uh, the, 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 the dedication that you have shown to our show. And the way that you uh, type out your positivity and you share it, it helps our platform. It helps us get out there. Remember, this show is free. We're not reading uh, any ads, any travel ads, uh, any, any, you know, uh, uh, itch powder. (laughs) You're not getting that here. Okay. We're doing it for love. We're doing it for love. Okay. So a great review that we just received. Uh, is from Guillermo Carlos, amazing podcast, five stars. Wow, yes, the 90s are amazing. Still the most fun I've ever had in comics. Marvel, DC, Valiant, Dark Horse, The Image Revolution. Come on, that was the very best time. Thank you, Rob, for going all in on the 90s. To this day, the majority of the comics that I buy are from the 90s. My all-time favorite artists are, in no particular order, Art Adams, Mark Silvestri, Dale Keown, Sam Keith, Jim Lee, Simon Beasley, Todd McFarlane, and of course, Rob Liefeld. Those are the artists that I want to see at conventions. These are the artists I seek to get autographs from. These are the artists I get sketches and remarks from. These are the artists I buy original art from. What do they all have in common? The 90s. This is absolutely the very best podcast. Keep them coming as always. Let the Bronco Buck Stock Broker Bill. P.S. Deadpool Batter Blood is fantastic. So much fun. Excited for issues four and three. Oh my gosh, you guys... Thank you. Thank you for this. That is not a uh, light review. That is not a light uh, comment. You, got, you, you took some time. Again, I know what it takes for you to just take a minute out of your day and throw some love our way. And we appreciate it. And we throw it back to you. And we thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for spreading the word. And uh, the 90s, we're gonna, we, we, we have the 90s back collectively. Okay. I think we've proven that. Thank you all for listening to the show. If you want to reach me on social media, I am most active on Twitter at Robert Liefeld, the whole name, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-I-E-F-E-L-D, at Robert Liefeld is the tweet. That is where you can talk at me. I read your replies, your DMs. We have a great time uh, exchanging. It's so much fun. It is uh, It's 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 uh, just really amazing that we can connect with the way that, the way that we can across these social media platforms. I am super active on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. Look for me there on Instagram. My second most active, I, I think, is uh, where, where you're going to find photo, a photo diary of my life, my family, my art, my, uh, my travels, the stuff that I eat. It is, uh, it is just where I have so much fun and, and you guys are so much, uh, you, you just are, 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 again, just so great in, in, our, in our, our interactions and, and communication and the, the replies, I read them all, the mentions, the DMs, the comments. Thank you so much for following me on Instagram. I'm just at Rob Liefeld. Both Twitter and Instagram have a blue check. It's just to signify that, uh, that I am the real deal, that I am certifiably uh, the real guy that you are um, listening to this podcast from or buying that comic book work from. So Instagram at Rob Liefeld, Twitter at Robert Liefeld. We have a group. Come join us. It's a Facebook group. It's called Rob Liefeld Marvel Extreme and Beyond. Please come. Please join us. There's a great party going on over there. We have art contests. People show their skills, their talents, their comics. It's a really great community. We, we, myself and an administrator named Terry Sala, S-A-L-A, 
We will be the ones that click you through once you submit to um, joining the group. And we keep it clean and keep it sane and sanitary and uh, just a, n- a nice neighborhood to drive through. And we hope that you visit us. Rob Liefeld, Marvel Extreme and Beyond is our Facebook group, and we hope to see you there. I certainly hope that you are doing well and that you are uh, rising to the challenge of each and every day, of each and every week. It's not easy. As we get older, it gets, it gets you know, more and more of a struggle. I'm with you. I'm there. Uh, I'm raising three, uh, having raised three adult, partially raising three adult children uh, in, in a marriage for 28 years, uh, in a career for 38 years. I get it. I get the grind. I get the challenges. And, and I understand, I understand the, that, that again, we, we continue to walk out of this terrible uh, period where, the, where this podcast was born in 2020 in the depression of a, of a global worldwide pandemic that kind of just stopped us all cold. And, and it, I, I think we all kind of reevaluated everything, but things certainly didn't get easier. They became more challenging. And, and uh, I, I just pray that your, your, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, and your mental health are a priority and are, um, are at the very focus of 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 where you are every day getting better walking through it hey i hang out with my friends my family i've i've been to see uh the 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 counseling sessions uh i i i i have sought every manner of help in 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 life my my wife wouldn't marry me until she's like we're going to counseling i'm like let's do it i've i've always wanted to do this so you know take that pause get that help hang out with your friends laugh go to dinner Sometimes just getting out and, 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 and changing it up. Uh, for me, especially in the summer and the spring, I get in my Jeep, my 1990 Jeep, and I just drive around top down. I mean, there's, there really hasn't been a top in a long time. Uh, we go get great food. We laugh. We visit friends. We go to, like I said, bookstores. We just get out. You got you to gotta feed your soul, watch a great movie, read a great book, read a great comic book. And of course, pile on the junk food. Why are we even apologizing? Ice cream sundaes, um, um, hurricanes, uh, Oreo cookie hurricanes hello love handles just gave handles a shout out so the ice cream is so good it's so good i I wish the lines were shorter but the ice cream is is so good uh pizza uh nachos get get after that um that cheat meal okay uh oh my gosh hamburgers hello hey and you know i'm an unpaid spokesman for reese's peanut butter cups big cups what are they going to put in there next, right? I mean, I, I, I have one a day. I'm, I'm not ashamed to tell you. They are ridiculously delicious. And for that 90 seconds that I'm consuming it, it is the best 90 seconds of my life. It goes by quick, but so much does. Hey, please swing back around. We're going to be here. We can't wait to visit again. Um, we most certainly, inevitably, absolutely are going to talk again real soon. Thank you.